Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we re-welcome a special guest to the podcast, Chris Miles. Chris is the host of a podcast titled Money Ripples, and that podcast is designed to create freedom and prosperity not tomorrow, not five years from now, but today. Welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Chris. Hey, it's a pleasure to be back here again, man. Uh, thanks for coming back. Really uh, appreciate you making the time for our audience. And, uh, you know, as usual, our audience is always curious where our guests live and work out of. So I'm going to ask you that up front. Yeah, live in Utah and work right out of my, my house right here. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so Utah resident, I think you might be the only Utah resident to appear on the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast. But so welcome in that regard as well. Yeah. The second thing our audience is most curious about is your background. Um, I wonder if you'd mm -hmm. share with us your background. Feel free to go all the way back to how you grew up and, and but share with us the path that led you to doing what you do today. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll skip the diaper phase and, you know, and kindergarten <laughs> throwing up because I was so nervous and all that kind of stuff, you know, we'll, we'll skip all the things that are irrelevant here. But, um, you know, for me, I was, I was raised by great parents, you know, like they were hardworking parents, taught good values. Uh, but when it came to money, it was scarcity. Uh, they really felt like there was never enough, right? Yeah. Uh, there's never enough money. My dad would always say, Hey, you know, we can't afford it. What do you think I am made of money? Money doesn't grow in trees, you know? <laughs> and the worst one was of course, you know what, Chris, I think I'm going to work until I'm dead because I'm never going to save enough to be able to retire. And that stuck with me as a kid, especially where, you know, becoming a teenager, you never want to become like your parents. So I said, I want to take a different path in life. So I actually went to college, you know, I did that first one of my family to do so. And then right before I was about to finish my bachelor's, I decided to actually uh, get really just want to get real life experience because I was going to become a business consultant. Um, weird thing in college, I was actually a sociology major with a triple minor in psychology, Japanese and ballroom dancing. <laughs> so kind of a Renaissance man of sorts, right? Or yeah, no kidding. Kid. Eclectic. Very eclectic, right? And so I said, if I'm going to go into business consulting with all that stuff, I should have real life business experience. And so the first business that really kind of piqued my interest was actually becoming a financial advisor. I didn't think I'd qualify to become a financial advisor because I thought you had to be like this economics major. You had to have like this major, you know, really big acumen with money. And the truth is, all you have to do is have a heartbeat, have a clean criminal record and pass a test with 70% or more. And you're, you're good. Yeah. And uh, so I did. I became the AKA salesman in a suit. Right. Yeah. And uh, did that for several years. And I remember I sat down with my dad and he said, Chris, I want you to sit down with me to see what I can do for my retirement. So, uh, we sit down like, okay, Chris, I'm 61 years old. I want to stop working someday. What can I do? Understand that my dad was, did everything right. According to financial advice, the guy, you know, was cheap, cheap as can be. I mean, the cheap is so <laughs> bad that, you know, if you walk into a Seven Eleven, the guys that knew my dad would hide the little penny change, you know, thing there that they would give you. Cause they're like, no, he's going to steal it. Uh, speaking of stealing, my dad literally stole salt and pepper shakers from a Chinese restaurant. He still has them to this day, I think. So that's, and that's cause he got bad service. He's like, it was a reverse tip. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so he scrimped, 
He's saved. Um, he's paid off his house early. He was debt free. Dave Ramsey would have looked up to him since my dad's older than Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He would have looked up to him saying, Oh, that's my role model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at his numbers and I say, dad, uh, I know you're a straight shooter. So let me just say this. Let's just hope you die in five years. Oh. What? Well, the reason is because dad, you, if you didn't have social security, you only have five years to live off of. Like you only have five years worth of money saved up. Uh, even though you're debt free, still you have other expenses. So yeah, you only got five years of, of money to last you. Y2K just kind of hit your retirement account. It's just coming back again. Yeah. Okay, Chris, what do I do? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything more I can offer you than what you're already doing because truth is financial advisors only offer mutual funds and insurances. They don't really offer anything special. They just put a whole bunch of names and bells and whistles all over them. But really they're pretty simple, pretty myopic. in right, offering. Right. They pay commissions and though. They pay great commissions though. Yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of commissions on those things. Right. Yep. Um, and so it, it was, a, it was a disturbing time for me because remember the thing that kind of motivated me a little bit was my dad, you know, because I was I, the first day when I decided to become financial advisor, I thought if I can give my dad at least a year or two of his life back, so he's not dying working literally, that would be good. Yeah. But here I am saying, dad, sorry, you can't really retire. <laughs> At least uh, unless you have a crystal ball to know when you're going to die, then we can figure it out. Fine. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It was. And then I sort of look at my other clients and they weren't financially free. Right. They, none of them were. I and mean, even if they were retired, they still worried about running out of money like my dad was. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at financial advisors. And if I stripped away all the business commissions, like you just mentioned, right, you take that away really none of them could retire either. There was guys who've been working there since the late 1970s. Wow. And here I was trying to follow the same path as what I vowed not to do, which was my dad's, not to mention all my clients and financial advisors. Yeah. And you know, you put two plus two together, you figure out that actually equals four. Uh, in this case, you're just four broke, you know, like that's really good <laughs> you become. And so I had to make a choice. Either I put blinders on like many of my financial advisor friends do, where they're just like, I'm just going to keep staying the course because maybe for somebody, this is going to work. Not many, but maybe somebody. Yeah. And, and that's great. But I was like, it's either that or I stay in integrity and quit. And so I quit. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to learn about what actually works. Yeah. And I remember I, 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 one of my friends actually was real estate investing. He was doing some of that. And he knew some guys. And these guys were retired in their 20s and 30s. I thought it was incredible, incredible that I was 28. And these guys were financially free even younger than me sometimes. Yeah. And and I had to know what they knew. And so I started to learn the things they did and more about the perspective around money first, which was really like Robert Kiyosaki's stuff more applied. And then of course, how to do it with investing and creating passive income, which was really the, the trick to get out of the rat race versus just accumulating and saving money and hoarding it, hoping that someday you might have something. Mm-hmm. And that was really the thing that, that changed my life because once I focused on that, Later that year, I was actually out of the rat race. I was 28, almost 29 years old and wondering what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what eventually led me down this path to where I am today, coaching people and helping them do the same thing to become work optional. They can work because they want to, not because they have to. Wow. That's a, that's a great story. And, and you know, I was, I, I was listening to another financial uh, advisor talk about the traditional financial advisor advice, which is, you know, save as much money as you can. And uh, not in the traditional savings thing, but, you know, put as much into investments, traditional investments, mutual funds, bonds, insurance, stocks, those kinds of things, and your 401k. And make sure it's at least at 50, 
15% and then live your life because you're going to be financially free after 20 or 30, 30 years. That's the math that I think you decoded. Uh (laughs) And that that math doesn't really add up, does it? No. If Tony Robbins, you know, when he says success leaves clues, right? Uh You know, there should be evidence that this has worked. And I actually just did a podcast recently where I put mutual funds on trial. I said, let's see the evidence. Where are the key witnesses here? Where's the real evidence that says that these things work beyond just a theory? Because notice it's kind of like, you know, and not to bash on network marketing, right? Because network marketing, I think is a legitimate business. It's great. Um, But there's a lot of people that overhype it. And that's what gives it the bad name, the bad reputation. Sure. Well, it's kind of like that. Like they sell the dream, but then you see the reality. You're like, ooh. Very few people percentage actually succeed at that dream. You right, know? right. And that's the same thing true with financial advising. It's kind of like network marketing. It's it's really for like a lot of people, it's a pyramid scheme, you know, and the pyramid, unfortunately, the people that get paid are the financial advisors and the financial institutions that are that financial advisors are selling for. But when you look at the real people's cases, like uh, I've, I found a, a case study with four people, right? Um, this was in just a normal, like, uh, I think it was uh, Bloomberg actually was, okay. uh, is who produced, who had this article. I want to see, okay, anybody who saved $2 million in these retirement plans found out there's one that says people with $2 million, although most of them didn't have quite $2 million of these four people. And, uh, and they were going through each of these people's stories. Three of these four people, even though they had saved at least a million and a half. And just so you know, the median balance of a 65 year old's 401k is about $80,000, the median balance. I don't say average because averages get skewed because some people have a lot and some people have zero, right? Right, right. The median balance is $80,000. If you go base a tra- traditional financial model, you should only live on 3% a year, which is $2,400 a year for that median person that, that's 65 years old that's saved in their 401k, even with the match and everything. Right. Well, these people have saved a lot more but three of the four people still worried about running out of money. Yeah. They were worried that they would not have enough. The fourth person was 84 years old, wasn't worried because he figured he would die pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I told yeah. my dad. Um, <laughs> but the other three, when you start to really break it down, they didn't actually earn all of it from their 401ks. Much of it was like a pension payout, like a lump sum payout because they worked for that company for 30, 40 years. Right. We know pension type programs are becoming less the norm. Yeah. In fact, almost non-existent now. Yeah, right. So these people had pensions, they had other things coming in, other streams of income. Some even had real estate coming in, but not one of them fully had saved all that money inside their Roth or their IRAs, 401ks and everything. and was able to make it off of that. Mm-hmm. These people, again, had balances that were at least 20 times the, the middle person's balance, the, the, really the middle-class 65-year-old's balance, 20 times, and yet they were still worried about running out of money. Right. Shouldn't that be an, a, a concern for people? A little bit point? of a red flag. Yeah. 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 And that's what's happening. It's over promise under deliver. Mm-hmm. The returns are not as big as they say in the stock market. They're more like maybe six or 7% that you net, even in your 401k, you get the match. It might bump it up after time to seven or 8%. Just so you know, the hundred percent match is not a hundred percent return on your money. That's if you right. were to put a hundred percent return on your money, you would be richer than Bezos in about 20 years. And yeah. I guarantee no one's saving their 401k to become richer than Bezos. Okay. Right. So that's what the thing numbers have been skewed. People have been overpromising and lots of under delivering. And that's what's putting people in trouble because they've bought into this dream 
that really is a nightmare. It's, it's creating nightmares for people. And then they, they beg for social security. They beg for the government to bail them out because financial advisors and everybody else in the media is telling you to save in this crappy stuff that hasn't worked yet. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So as you know, at personal financial strategy, we, we encourage people to live their financial life on a month to month basis and pay attention to it on a month to month basis. And we have have five buckets that we pay attention to, you know, the income bucket, the most important bucket. And and then uh, the non-escapable monthly bills, you know, your mortgage, your utilities and those kinds, then the out-of-pocket spending. Then we encourage people to set aside money in a savings account to spend at a later date so that they're not using credit cards to do the things they really want to do in life. And then the last bucket is the bucket that I think, Chris, you're more focused on, which is the investment bucket. And uh, we do prescribe at personal financial strategy that on a month to month basis, 15% of your income go into that investment bucket, but you have some different ideas about what to do with it from there. Do you not? Absolutely. Yeah. And just so you know, I mean, even though we're talking about the fifth bucket, uh, I don't want to take anything away from those previous four because those are essential and foundational yes. really before you worry about this fifth bucket, right? Yes. You got to have those in place. Those are so important. But yeah, it's definitely sec- a little sexier of a conversation when you talk about the fifth one, right? Everyone's right. jumped to number five really fast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing though, is like, you know, as you're starting to build up that fifth bucket, you know, um, First off, don't even worry much about trying to do passive investing until you have at least $50,000 minimum, mm-hmm. um, maybe even over a hundred thousand in that bucket. Now it doesn't mean you can't do anything. Cause like, for example, we, we have a person that sponsors our show that their minimum investment's a thousand dollars and they'll pay roughly about at least nine to 10% a year is what they've averaged. You know, uh-huh. um, that's pretty nice, you yeah. know, but, but I try to tell people like, listen, like if you got a thousand bucks you've saved up, you put that in there, making 10% means you made a hundred bucks. You're not going to break the bank with that. You're not going to become financially free from that. Right. Um, so your big focus is really trying to expand and grow your income. In the meantime, keep, you know, get beyond 15% into that bucket if you can, right. You know, try right. to get exactly. more there, but let's talk about some of those investments you can do, right. Once you get especially into the six figures of savings, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, I'll, I'll focus on a few of them that most of our clients will pick. Number one is turnkey real estate. Turnkey rentals, different from getting the rentals in your backyard. Like we were joking beforehand, like, you know, this is not the stuff you're like, if you're living in Arizona, you're going to be buying in Scottsdale, you know? Right. You're going to be buying the rental in your backyard, Um, especially if you're in the Western half of the United States. As we were talking about before we went on the air, I don't recommend anybody really buy anything out here, you know? It's just, it's not good profit. But in the Midwest and Southeast, there's some great, great properties. Now, here's another difference too, is that most people, when they buy a property, they just buy any old thing and they think, oh, this will be good. And they turn it into a rental and they might make some money, they might not, especially with the way interest rates are, it's crazy. So turnkey is different. Turnkey means you don't have to go on the MLS and go searching to try to find that perfect property. You're not spending, wasting hours doing that. You're not trying to be the property manager as well, where you're dealing with the tenants, the toilets and the trash, right? You're not doing any of that. A turnkey company actually helps you find the properties that are already vetted. They already know how much money you're going to make before you buy it. And they are the ones that put the renters in place. So they have a, they do property management. They do all the work. You collect the check, the net profit. Even if they are property managing it, the great thing is I love that even now, some of our turnkeys are still returning over 10% a year, what's referred to as cash on cash return. So that means 
If you put a $40,000 down on a property, say it's $40,000 down payment, that means you're still earning at least 330 bucks a month profit each and every month after all expenses are paid, right? There was one recently actually that, uh, you know, one of our contacts had, we have about six turnkey companies in our network. And uh, really, we're only referring to two of those six right now, mostly. And one of them, you, know, you actually buy outright in cash. You don't even get a mortgage because that's actually been better for their system. Yeah. And so, you know, this property you buy for 110000 is actually in Texas, um, out in like East Texas, almost like towards Tyler, Texas area. You know, like yeah. you know, I think Friday Night Lights when I think of that area. Yeah, know? no kidding. Um, so out there, 110000 worth one hundred twenty. So you buy with a little equity, but the rental... That's coming the the print profits that you're getting after you pay the property management fees is about nine hundred and thirty dollars a month. So you're making just barely over like a ten point one percent return on just your money, not including appreciation, not including that you get most of that money back and from taxes. You get to keep most of those returns because you get to depreciate the property and such. Right. None of that stuff. I mean, still great returns, and then you have a real asset. It's not some something like Facebook or Meta, you know, or Netflix or Google where it could just change because all of a sudden some news comes out and then you watch your stock drop 10%. It doesn't do that. So that's one. Another one is, uh, you know, there's lots of things you do that are called syndications. Uh, syndications are where you pull your money together with other investors to buy usually a big investment, like an apartment building or self storage units. It could be, you know, it could be commercial buildings. It could be all kinds of stuff. If you're just talking about real estate, it could even be a business. Uh, I even saw a syndication that was actually into a car wash or somebody could buy into the partnership in that, right? Mm -hmm. And you share the profits. Mm -hmm. um, the nice thing is you share the profits, you don't have any of the risks. So if anybody gets sued, you're free and clear, right? If you're a, what's called a limited partner in those, but many of those deals easy to make double digit returns as well, you know, depending on how it's set up, if you're with the right people. Mm -hmm. um, key point, when you invest in those kind of, those kind of investments where it's investing in where somebody else operates it for you, so important that it's not just about what you're investing in, but most importantly, who you're investing with. Yeah. So when we look for operators, we look for people that have at least 12, 14 years of experience where they, they got their butts kicked in the, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe not got their butts kicked in the last recession, right? People that actually have been around the block. They didn't just show up in 2019 saying, Hey, I'm an awesome real estate investor, which you really, you could be blind and still make money in real estate in the last three years. Right? So people like that, um, oil and gas, another one, actually another syndication that we have is more in mineral rights where you own the land and then the oil companies lease the land from you. So you get paid on the rent on the land and you make money when they drill and make profits there too. Mm -hmm. But you don't do any of the drilling, right? So you're right. Just putting the money in. Um, I actually just got an email today saying like, okay, cool. Just, you know, the last few months we've been paid 5% on that. Like, cool. We'll take that pocket that there and keep it. And a lot of them have been doing like 15 to 20% a year. Mm -hmm. So it's been uh, really rewarding to see that. There, again, there's so many ways you can do it. They're outside of what Wall Street offers. This is what they refer to as Main Street, right? This right. is what real people do, real investors do. Wall Street's the thing that's being sold to you saying, hey, trust me, this is what everybody puts their money in, which is not true. Yeah. Um, heck, even I saw an interview with Dave Ramsey recently. We was talking to a guy that was a multimillionaire and they started talking like almost like colleagues, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Dave Ramsey even revealed, he says, listen, my number, my three investments are business, real estate, and then mutual funds. Even though his thing is always get rid of business, real estate, just do mutual funds only, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what he tells the broke people. But the yeah. truth is that people that become wealthy, 
don't put a lot of their money into mutual funds and stocks. No, not unless they own the company because they are the company. Right. No, they're not doing that stuff. They're actually buying real assets that actually make money. And most importantly, they don't just produce, you know, produce the returns, right? They produce income. Right. So, And that's the key, example, isn't it? Yeah, it is key. Yeah. I mean, here's an example. Like I had one, one client, he was in the military, uh, had a million bucks that he got from, from his uh, retirement plan with the military. He'd saved up. And by the way, this guy did, I mean, this guy did everything right. Even better than my dad. This guy somehow had timed Y2K got out of, of the stocks right before Y2K crashed and the great recession. So Ooh. this guy, this guy profited. Like this yeah. guy just had a feeling. He's like, I'm going to move out of stocks and then boom, stock market drops. He doesn't lose money. Wow. So he had a million bucks in there. But the problem was the financial advisor says, well, you should only be pulling off 3% a year because if you don't want to run out of money from your traditional financial plan, 3% is the max you want to pull out per year in case there's down years that might you know, be like what's called disinvesting where the market goes down and you're pulling money out, which is like a double whammy. Like and it makes it almost impossible right now. to come back up, right? So 3% is all you're pulling out. Well, think about it. If you have a million dollars, you're a millionaire, you pull out $30,000 a year, you're a broke poverty level millionaire, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted something different. Um, he actually just got on our show recently, gave us an update. Um, and he did most of it in six months, but we did a year update. He had actually got that passive income uh, investing in some real estate with like some apartments, some, uh, some rentals, like turnkey rentals. He also got money in the oil and gas ventures, did a lot of that. And in total, he's about 11,000 a month. Not twenty five hundred a month before paying tax, but eleven thousand a month. Wow. Some of it with tax advantages. Wow, that's a great story. That's a great story. And and just review a little bit because I, I really like the there, there's such a highlight in that story, and and that is the passive income that is generated, yeah. and that's that's an income stream. That's a that's a cash flow that doesn't end unless something happens to the investment, yeah. but the kind of investments that you've been talking about, I don't, you know, real estate, it doesn't go away. <laughs> you don't touch the principal like you right. do in the traditional plan, right? Where you're right. just trying to slowly eat it away. Yeah. Right. And and so it feeds you, I mean, for, to, to downgrade the term for ever. Yeah. Essentially. You know, it's funny because as a financial advisor, I used to say like, Hey, your retirement plan is like the golden goose, the golden eggs. You always see like pictures of the golden eggs and retirement plans. Right. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that in that plan, it's actually, you are kind of, maybe you're not eating the goose, but you are definitely starving it. Right. You eventually are starting to, you know, <laughs> yeah. pull off feather yeah. by feather before you pluck it all. And then you have to say, well, now I got nothing left, but to cook the goose and then you kill it, you know, and you just try to survive long enough before, you know, time's up. That's, that's really what retirement planning's done. But here we're, we're legitimately saying, no, we want that money working for us still there. All that's all in, in working and operating, but we actually get paid income, which is ultimately what people want anyways in retirement. They don't want just a big stash of money that doesn't pay them. Right. They want income. That's right. the key. Exactly. I heard a little math equation that someone could do if they're thinking about the the traditional, how much do I have to save in order to retire? And and uh, this gentleman was, was saying, well, that's pretty easy to calculate. How much does it cost you to live each month? Again, I liked his monthly approach, you know, so I'm, yeah. I'm listening intently. And the guy he was talking to said, well, it cost me about $10,000 a month to live. And he said, okay, you want to know how much, you, how long do you plan on living when you stop working? Mm -hmm. 
And I said, oh, gee, I don't know. I mean, people don't like to think about these kind of things. But he said, well, OK, he's helping the guy. He says, well, OK, you're going to live 20 years, uh-huh. right? You're going to live 20 years. OK, so it's like 65 to 85, right? Right. So multiply. That's 240 months. Multiply 10,000 by 240 months. You need two and a half million. You need to save two and a half million dollars in order to yeah. retire. and. By the way, $10,000 a month, 20 years from now, probably won't pay your bills because there's this thing called inflation and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So um, I thought it was just a a kind of a graphic and easy to do math problem in your head if you're running down the road of traditional saving for retirement thinking. And that's why I just love what you do, Chris, so much. I love the cash flow approach. Yeah. Yeah, just well, like, like that equation, you could take the same thing if you go by traditional financial advice of 3%, right? Well, we need 33 times whatever it is you're going to pull out that year. And you're right, because inflation is a thing, big thing to consider. That's why 3% is probably the most you should pull out. Mm-hmm. But you do the math. If you want 100,000 a year, you need 3.3 million today. But if you want 100,000 a year lifestyle in 20 years, well, you better triple that number. That better be like 7 million. And no, actually not 7 million because I just said 3.33. It'd be about 10 million, wouldn't it? Yes. Because about every 12 to 15 years, conservatively, I would say is when we double the uh, the inflation rate. So oh, that's, that's every 12 that right? to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're easily three times out. So you got to save 10 million. And again, people haven't done it. People yeah. aren't able to make, even save that much into their IRAs, 401ks. You do the math. If you put in the little calculators on there, it's it's virtually impossible to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely an uphill climb. Well, Chris, you have on your website, I think you might have hit most of them, but um, I'm wondering, you have you have a little tagline. I think you did a, a little symposium earlier in the year of uh, just kind of giving people ways to generate passive income in 2022. And I think yeah. you hit a few turnkey, Oil and gas. What else did you hit today? Yeah, one I haven't hit would be, especially lately where people are kind of in flux, especially when there's a lot of things uncertain in the markets. People are like, what do I do? And Or could there be bigger opportunities? Because if maybe real estate changes or something else happens where something had crashed and then it's going to come back up again, mm-hmm. maybe I want to go there. But what do I do in the meantime? A great option for that would be called short-term lending. Uh-huh. Where you can lend your money out to other investors to make money. It could be in real estate where they're doing quick turnaround of their money, where they might be buying a property, renovating it, sure. selling it or renting it or whatever they might do, right? They might refinance and pay you off. Well, you could be loaning your money out for three months, six months, you know, it could be eight or nine months, something like that. Um, I have, you know, one guy in my, my group right now who also does turnkeys, but he's offering 5% per four months of okay. lending. So you only lend your money out for four months, he'll pay you a 5% total return on the back end. That means if you give him a hundred grand for a property, he's paying you $5,000 in four months on that. If you kept reinvesting that, that's actually 15% a year or 15 grand a year off of that hundred thousand, right? Okay. Um, another guy is a short-term lender just talked to today, um, did a video for our clients. He's offering about at least 10 or 12% for some of his deals and his are secured. Like you own the property, so if anything goes wrong, at least you come out with a real property on the back end that's yeah. actually undervalued. So you don't lend the full value. You're like, might be, buy, you might have it with like 30% equity. So uh-huh. if he ever does not pay you, which he hasn't done in 20 years, 
But if that ever happens to be the case, great. You get a property. It's yours. Yeah. You know, there's so much safer ways. And I'll tell you my number one, um, the number one thing that's paying me right now is actually a partnership with another real estate investor who's buying and selling raw land, but he buys and sell it. He basically buys it and then sells it for a higher price on terms. So meaning that we, cause we're partnering together, right? But my right. money, right. With his, his work, cause I'm not doing any of the work. Um, <laughs> basically what we're doing is that's that nice. we're, we're saying we're the bank, you know, so it kind of like the short-term lending, but this is different. It's longer term instead of like, you know, like a bank gives you a loan for 30 years for a mortgage. We're doing the same thing, but it might be for five or 10 years for this piece of land. I see. So for example, we bought a piece of land for $7,800 out in Florida, turned around, sold it for 35,000. And the payment they're paying us is $422 a month. No kidding. So you do the math from the 7,800 making 422 a month, about 5,000 a year from 7,800. You know, it's a 60 some odd percent. I don't know what it is exactly, yeah. but it's a lot. Right. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I'm making roughly about 49% a year on my total portfolio of what's being invested and the cash flow that's coming in. So there's all kinds of great ways you can do it. And, and the nice thing is with land, even if somebody doesn't pay you that 200, $300, $400 a month, which is not a hard payment to make. Right. If they don't, great, you foreclose on them, turn around, sell it again and do it all over. Right. 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 Very creative, very creative. And with uh, inflation being what it is this year, I mean, we got to be looking at stuff like this that outpaces inflation. I mean, no, yeah. you know, 9% anymore return. That's, you know, that's, that's amazing to inflation, the real inflation rate, at least, right? Yeah, you're just keeping your nose above the water right there and not growing at all. So, well, Chris, I think we, we probably have set some wheels turning. So I, I would like to give our listeners the best way to get in touch with you. If you could give us that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, really simple. You can just go to moneyripples.com. Okay. Um, we got lots of information on there. You can connect to our podcast, the Money Ripples podcast on YouTube and everything else. But uh, yeah, moneyripples.com. You can reach out to us there with any questions. Okay, great. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And it's a pleasure, Tony. Strategists. You got some good strategies today, but until next time, keep on strategizing.